And we are live on Discovery Paranormal. Or are we alive? What is life anyway? What is it all about? I got questions and I have some answers too, but then I have even more questions. Every answer brings you five, six, seven more questions, you know. Tonight's about time travel. And if you're going to talk about life, the theories of the block universe, for instance, that this is all playing out like a movie and we're not really, we don't have our free choice. I mean, we have limited choices anyway, you know. Uh, it's kind of funny like that, that in this world of seemingless, endless choices, they're, they're very limited and we're limited creatures, you know, deprive a human of air for a couple of minutes. And that's pretty much it for them. You know, uh, food, water, anything like that. We're consumers. We consume, but in our daily life, as we travel through time every day, no matter what we do, we can sit there and, and uh, you know, be at some boring event or we can be having an exciting time. We can be reading a book or sleeping. It's all the same time. Every second lasts for a second. Every minute lasts for a minute. Every hour lasts for an hour here on the earth without any kind of time machine. So you asked me, Michael, is time travel possible? I'm going to say, yes, of course it is, because there is no mathematical block for time travel. There's no, there's, you know, when they do the math, we just don't have the machine uh, to do it. Or do we? Ha ha. So first I want to talk about UFOs because it all ties into my time travel stuff, right? And Congress, oh, I'm not going to talk about you, I'm going to talk about Congress, uh, congressional hearings here in the U.S. on on UFOs, they're, they're getting people together. And again, when you watch the mainstream media and they announce a story, they they laugh and they 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 smile like somebody farted in the room, you know, and they're a bunch of, of seven-year-olds. <laughs> this is the problem I have with the mainstream media. They don't even know what's going on, period. They just know they're spoon-fed poop and they read it on the air that's all they do they don't have a head for themselves i don't consider those people journalists uh i just consider them people who read read what what's on a teleprompter you know when there was a, a story cnn did a while back and it was all inaccurate information and i had the right information actually because it was something that i was closely attached to i contacted their managing editor and his response to me was they are not in the business of telling the truth this is exactly what the guy i was like wow i wish i had that recording you know because it was just blown away that that it's there they're not in the business of telling the truth they don't care right there that's about the story well they they hate bait they race bait they do all the other stuff to get people to watch but Serious stuff like UFOs, man. We're having the first public congressional hearing into UFO sightings in the U.S. Uh, in, in over 50 years. So I guess they had one 50 years ago. <laughs> it's not the first. Uh, all right. So two top military officials asked, uh, tasked with probing the sightings said that most can ultimately be identified. Wouldn't that be funny to get a hold of an alien and probe them instead? <laughs> you know what I mean? The tables have turned. That's the other word, probing. My uh, my, my child mind kicked in. <laughs> but, all right. 
They said a number of events have defied all attempts at explanation. The sightings recorded by the military include 11 near misses with U.S. aircraft, some unexplained aerial phenomenon, which they're calling UAPs, as the military term UFO seems to have been moving without any kind of discernible means of propulsion. Uh, so what happened at the hearing? So during the hearing at the House Intelligence Counterterrorism, <laughs> the House Intelligence Counterterrorism, whenever they throw intelligence in there, I just have to laugh at that, right? Uh, so this is a big one. The House Intelligence Counterterrorism Counterintelligence and Counterproliferation Subcommittee. Oh my God. Imagine being part of that. What do you do for a living? Well, uh, <laughs> I, work, I work at the House Intelligence Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation Subcommittee. What? What you did? What? I work at Arby's. Arby's. All right. Want to some roast beef? <laughs> Top Pentagon intelligence official Ronald Moultrie. Oh God! So he's the guy. Well, I'm the top Pentagon intelligence official at the House Intelligence Counterterrorism, Counterintelligence, and Counterproliferation Subcommittee. How are you doing? You know, call me Ron. <laughs> right? Ronald Moultrie said that there's rigorous analysis, most of all, uh, but not at all. Uh, UAPs can be identified, he said. Any object we encounter can likely be isolated, characterized, identified, and if necessary, mitigated. Ah, mitigated. That's what they're saying. They could mitigate any kind of thing. You know, the aircraft that can't keep up with the things that leave no heat trail, that they can't keep up with, that, that kind of uh, defy, defy the uh, laws of physics. We can mitigate that. We can't mitigate COVID-19, but we can mitigate that. A small number of incidents, however, have, still have no explanation. In one such incident in 2004, fighter pilots operating uh, from an aircraft carrier in the Pacific encountered an object that seemed to have descended tens of thousands of feet before stopping and hovering. I remember this. So it went from 80,000 feet down to the sea level surface and stopped abruptly whoop, and just hung out. Now, we don't have anything that can do that. We Even if something was falling out of the sky, it wouldn't do, because this all happened within a couple of seconds. You know, uh, in another incident, shown publicly for the first time on Tuesday, an object can be seen on camera flying past a U.S. Navy fighter jet. The object remains unexplained, right? There are a small handful of events in which there are flight characteristics or signature management that they can't explain with the data and uh, that's available to them, right? So the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, Scott Bray. Oh, so much easier. I'm Scott Bray, the Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, you know? <laughs> the D-D-O-N-I. How you doing? Those are obviously the ones that are the most interest, uh, the ones they can't explain. Mr. Bray also sought to dispel the notion that UAPs might be extraterrestrial aliens, noting that no organic or inorganic materials or unexplainable wreckage has ever been recovered. Bullshit! 
bullshit. <laughs> bullshit. Oh, excuse me, man. <laughs> so, and no attempts have been made at communicating with the objects. I think I'm allergic to the story. Uh, 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 bullshit. Oh, excuse me, man. Maybe I got the uh, the BS nineteen. <laughs> the BS nineteen is. I think a lot of military people get all that. Uh, all right. So we have detected no eliminations within UAP task force that would suggest it's anything non-terrestrial in origin. So this is the cool part because I don't believe these are aliens. I believe that that they were here for a long time, <laughs> longer than than humans. We're walking around. I think that they biologically came up with people uh, by by breeding, basically, or we're using DNA in, in other creatures. So when you go back 35,000 years, you find a lot of information and interesting things. Go back 12,000 years, because this is this is where I'm at these days. I'm, I'm 12 to 15,000 years ago. I'm at the end of the Ice Age, and I'm checking out the first humans that were walking around on the earth. We're talking about the first people in Turkey. And you look at the petroglyphs at Potbelly Hill in Turkey, and, and you can just compare those with the ones in Moab in Utah, and those were, were from the Paleo Indians. And then that was the first ones, man, out there, the Paleo and then uh, the Fremont. These were the first people walking around. This is when mastodons, uh, you know, woolly mammoths, all these other things were walking around, giant sloths. Giant sloth, really? As if. So, fast forward to, to the year uh, zero when Jesus Christ was supposed to have been born, right? And, and look at the history. Then go back before that with with uh, uh, Moses, and before that with Noah, and all those other things. All these stories start to come together when you start adding science in in the fray, and uh, the. The, the petroglyphs clearly depict aliens or, or space type of suit type of people. Let's not say aliens because it was Admiral Byrd who went down to the South Pole who had an encounter with these disks that came out and destroyed his whole fleet, you know, and they're, they're, they're saying it never happened. But yet the newspapers in Chile and also in Argentina where, where U.S. soldiers were going to be treated in the hospitals who were burnt and blown up and messed up. All those soldiers talked about the silver disc coming out and basically destroying everybody or their airplanes flying into some kind of invisible wall and crashing to the ground, you know, and destroyed their fleet. So, uh, and then apparently Admiral Byrd had a letter from this person that he met in the South Pole named uh, the Master who uh, had a lot of worries about humans and the way things were going. So, so yes, if you're going to stay in, in, in accessible places, we're humans. We can't get down to the bottom of the ocean. You know, you go down seven, seven miles down or whatever. I mean, these deep aquifers were, and they have all this, uh, you know, they sent down listening equipment, whatever, and they have all these mechanical sounds coming from down there. Doors opening and closing, boom, boom, whatever. They blame it on whales. Yeah, yeah, they're whales. There's no whales down there, seven miles down. There's other stuff. <laughs> but okay, fine. You don't want to tell the truth? This is a world of liars. I watch people lie every day, man. You know, it's it's a world of liars. It's unfortunate that it's like that because it, it doesn't have to be like that. But we are who are who do the research are in the know. 
And, and obviously, if you're looking at a whole bunch of information that's telling you one thing, but yet somebody's lying and telling you something else, uh, you're going to believe the information that's in front of you because it just is what it is, right? So, like the alien battle over Nuremberg in uh, 1561, you know, where, where silver discs, these little discs, darker discs, were shooting at each other. Some crashing to the ground and whatever, then some big, large arrowhead thing showed up and the discs went into it and it was gone. So, you know, yeah, a big triangle showed up and these little silver discs and went in there and it took off. They blamed it on uh, Jesus. They blamed it on God. God is angry and that's why th this happened, you know. And then uh, the same type of battle happened thereafter in, uh, in, in Switzerland, over Switzerland. So, obviously, there's there are discrepancies in, in the description of what these military people think they can say or need to say. So is it a national security threat? That's the whole thing, what they want. Is it a national I, I think if you have something that's really undetectable and it shows up, it can travel speeds you can only dream about, and, uh, and, and certainly you have never seen as defensive weapons, you know, you can't say. You can't say. You know, I was just watching the movie Independence Day because there was nothing else on 400 fucking channels, man. And that's the only thing that's on. And I'm too lazy to whip out my Roku, you know. So watching Independence Day, what a stupid movie. Will Smith, like he's going to be the one to save the earth. He can't even slap a comedian down. Can't even slap a comedian down. Little skinny Chris Rock can't slap him on his ass. Came and slap him down. How's he gonna stop aliens? You know, advanced technology. And this guy, I don't even see him fighting a fighter. I think that dude was putting a lot of movies he didn't belong in. Then. So whatever. Watching that movie, the guy who saves the day at the end is Randy Quaid, who uh, you know is pretty much of a slouch in Hollywood. You know, uh, they they banned him from Hollywood, and then the guy took off. He took off to Canada with his wife, right? And I have to say, he's exactly in real life the way the movies, like the characters he plays in these movies, you know. So he, he escapes to Canada, tries to, uh, tries to like, defect in a weird way to Canada. Canada doesn't want him. They tell him to go. <laughs> they kick him out. <laughs> That's got to be the, the most unwanted feeling when, when Canada doesn't want your ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Canada. There's a lot of countries that you might think that doesn't want your ass, but Canada is like, we'll take everybody. They don't have anybody. They need people in Canada. You know what I mean? <laughs> but Randy Quaid, so really Randy Quaid was actually skipping out on a, uh, on a rental of a mansion he was renting out in Bel Air or something. He, you know, he and his wife had like trashed a place with alcohol bottles and all that stuff. He skips out without paying and then tries to go to Canada to get out of the debt, which is really funny. But I don't know where he is now. <laughs> Probably doing the same thing somewhere else, squatting in, in some some mansion on the beach. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but that's Randy Quaid. In all those vacation movies, that that's exactly his personality. I don't think he had to act too much for those movies. So lawmakers at this hearing expect concern about the unexplained aerial phenomenon might be a threat to national security. Rick Crawford, an Arkansas Republican said that a failure a failure to identify the potential threats was tantamount to intelligence failure and we certainly want to avoid here in Arkansas because we like our corruption to stay local 
<laughs> These aliens can't give us any money. Oh, good are they? I have spoken. Uh, oh, it's not about finding alien spacecraft. God damn it, he added. <laughs> so, in the cases of objects with unexplained propulsion, Mr. Bray said that the U.S. is not aware of any potential adversaries with such technology. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. Oh, my God. This, this allergy keeps hitting me. <laughs> Following the public hearing, the committee closed its doors for a private class classified session with lawmakers. That's where they drink and smoke. Like the te teacher's lounge back in the day, you know. <laughs> I'd have to go in there sometimes because I was I worked in the audiovisual squad, man. And so we were we were the masters of, of the, the VCR and the camera. And VCRs were all the rage back then. They had just come out. So we we're gonna walk in that teacher's lounge, the wall of cigarette smoke, people sitting there hitting their flask. <laughs> anyway uh, so they say, how did we get here? Public fascination with flying saucers, glowing lights, and otherworldly aircraft have been going on for generations. The, lay, the last public hearings into the issue began in 1966 when Republican congressman and future president Gerald Ford convened uh, a pair of hearings to discuss uh, UFO sightings following one in Michigan that was observed by over 40 people including a dozen policemen, a dozen, a, uh, you know, a dozen. All that Dunkin' Donuts, they looked up in the sky. In 1969, the Air Force investigation uh, into UFOs called Project Blue Balls closed after determining Blue Book, I know, uh, Blue Book. I'm trying to spice it up for you guys closed after determining that no flying object had ever been confirmed or deemed a threat to U.S. national security. I can only imagine that I, I, I stress all the geeks out there <laughs> when it comes to UFO stuff because you got to listen to the show because you know that I do my research, but I like to have fun. You know what I mean? You got to laugh at yourself, man. If you don't, you know, take life too seriously. That's not good. So blast forward uh, blast forward to 2017 when u.s media reported on the pentagon's secretive efforts to probe testimony from pilots and other u.s military members who had reported seeing strange objects in the sky i saw a strange object in the sky i don't know what it was the reports included footage of the ufos and descriptions of how they seemed to fly in unexpected ways you know Hovering, hovering in place during high winds and changing elevation rapidly. Yeah, that eighty thousand feet to, to sea level in two seconds. That that's uh, that's pretty interesting. You know what I mean? Pretty interesting. I also understand after that it went under the water and it went five hundred knots under the water, and then they don't like talking about that. Apparently, the information first came out when the initial reports came out, and I noticed that. I don't see a lot of that talk anymore. So pilots describe seeing them uh, on almost daily basis outside military bases. One whistleblower described how UAPs had interfaced, uh, interfered with U.S. nuclear weapons facilities, even forcing some offline. So that's that's some serious stuff, right? But apparently when they show up, all your electronics shut down. So it's, it sounds like they're uh, observing. 
You see the these these the I won't even call them aliens. I'll I'll call them uh, the others. So the others have to be really freaked out that have we have nuclear bombs and we have all this nuclear stuff. You know, even though they kind of edged us into the technology, but for humans right now with all this new nuclear technology and it is new, fairly new. You know, I mean, uh, you know, as far as humans go, it, it's a, a very heavy load of technology. Uh, for people that are very violent and angry and selfish, you know, people that have uh, no empathy for others and would surely see somebody else destroyed and laugh about it. We're seeing this now with world leaders, you know. Sure, that's not the everyday person, but that's a lot of people out there that, that are like that. And you see this selfishness. All you got to do is drive down the road. You see how people are. <laughs> They're driving. Uh, let's see. In 2020, a COVID relief bill signed by Donald Trump included a provision requiring U.S. intelligence agencies to deliver an unclassified report on UAPs within 180 days. In June of 2021, the U.S. Director of National Intelligence released a report saying it had no explanation for the dozens of unidentified flying objects related to the 144 incidents dating back to 2004. Only one could... Uh, only one could be easily explained as a deflating balloon, while others were labeled largely inconclusive. So, I don't know. You know the rest of the story about these guys. You know, they're not really releasing any information. They're just kind of finally talking about things that uh, that should have been talked about a long time ago. But there's no reason for, for any kind of superior life. To, to talk to people because people are, are what they are. All you got to do is observe humans. And it's something, you know, you want to do. I mean, you have that, that, look at that idiot that walked into a supermarket killing people because they're black. I mean, you have these, these idiot morons that exist. And, and, you know, that, that's on a lower level. He's just some, some stupid hillbilly. But on top of that, you know, in the military, in government, you have huge liars. You got the, the president of the United States, Joe Biden, who's a huge liar. He, he came to tell the truth to save his life. You know, how do I know he's lying? Because I have the information. And they, they don't care. It's normal for them. It's normal for them to be corrupt and lie. It's normal for them. So why would they tell the truth about any of this? So I want to talk about time travel. Time travel. So is time travel possible? Of course it is. We're traveling through time right now. And time, you know, it, it's... Uh, all right, traveling through time at the speed of light. Think about this. According to Albert Einstein, good old Albo, a theory of special relativity, time is a relative... Uh, time is relative depending on how fast you're moving. This is the basis for real-world concepts and research on time travel. So then... Is time the same on uh, Venus? Is time the same on Uranus? Is time the same on Mars? You know, well, Mars has a little different. Our bi our human biological clocks are based on Mars time. You know that, right? Which is interesting. So, uh, so it's about drawing the lines of of quantum tunneling. You know, quantum physics and uh, physics in general, and, and what I believe is a mega physics, a larger world, you know, if you look at the universe, if you look at the solar systems, you look at the different planets, you look at, uh, you know, they're saying uh, if, you know, you, the time, you know, gets sucked into black holes and it, it changes and goes faster and whatever, and, you know, 
There's a whole bunch of things going on here. But I don't care about any of that stuff. I want to know if I could build a time machine, sit in the seat, punch the buttons, you know, find a freaking DeLorean, hook it up with a flux capacitor, feed it some plutonium, which you can buy pretty much in any bad neighborhood, and go. And freaking go. Where would I go? Hmm. So you would think, I'm going to travel back in time and kill Hitler, right? First thing, I'll just fucking run his ass over in the DeLorean, you know? He's still even have to get out of the car. You know what I mean? You know, give it his speech. <laughs> they wouldn't even know what the hell happened. They thought it was some alien. <laughs> oh, my God. Some, some vehicle just ran over the Führer. <laughs> Honked the horn and said, go F yourselves. <laughs> Woohoo! You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, so they're saying that they, the scientists who, the theoretical scientists about time travel, are saying that you can't go back and change things, you can't go back in time, but why not? Are you really saying that that that, that course is laid, that this timeline, because there's a bunch of stuff going on that shouldn't be happening. There's a whole bunch of stuff that it seems like the Matrix is something going on, man. And things that, that I remember is one way or some other way, you know, they, they, well, they're just getting old. Remembering things differently. No, 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 man. There's stuff happening. <laughs> and I know that you know. I know that you know that I know that you know. All right. Okay. So the faster you move through space, the slower you move through time. Apparently, if you accelerate towards the speed of light, right, which we all live in within the realm of the speed of light, you know, radio waves, speed of light, all the same speed, you accelerate towards that, that point. Einstein's theory was that if you had a ship you accelerated to the point of speed of light it first of all you would start getting stretched out over over time and things would be elongated the ship would change you would change then you'd start having uh future like uh visions of the future you know like real solid like visions of what's happening you know uh echoes you might want to call it of the future and the past as you're going through this thing but when you reach the speed of light everything would stop you would stop it would stop uh the motor that you're using the fuel wouldn't burn whatever you're using is fuel whatever propellant you know uh, if it's something sophisticated or whatever would stop and then what goes on after that Right. So they talk about having their warp drive and whatever, you know, obviously humans, we don't have we don't have the ability to do any of that yet. But I think if you come up with the idea, you can you can build it because that's everything you see in your home, everything you see around you, your computer, everything that you see, everything, period, was an idea at one time. And it was solid now. It was manifested. People did it. They went out there for whatever reason. Sometimes to make money. Sometimes it was because it was the mother of the invention. It was necessity, right? But they invented it, right? They invented it. And uh, that's something that you should think about when it comes to ideas, you know? So time travel is actually already happening. We're living in it. Uh, astronauts living on an international space station are moving faster than the people on Earth. This means the astronauts age slightly slower in space than they would back home. One example of a time traveler was a cosmonaut, uh, uh, Gennady uh, Padalka, 
who arrived back on Earth in September of 2015 after breaking the record longest stay in space of 879 days. When uh, Mr. Padalka came back from his adventures, he found the Earth to be 144th of a second to the future where he expected to be. He wrote the Princeton. Uh, he wrote the Princeton physicist J. Richard Gott in his book titled "Time Travel in Einstein's Universe." Uh, he literally traveled into the future. Guy wrote. Meanwhile, a real time machine has also been been built. Uh, one, it, it does not look like anything like a DeLorean, unfortunately, but uh, this one's actually a, a Ferrari. You know what I mean? <laughs> Stepping up the game to the pony, that's right. But actually rather popular uh, in the field of science, namely the Large Hadron, uh, the Hadron Collider, right? So, which they just turned back on again after some stuff. So the Large Hadron Collider propels protons at nearly the speed of light, which is a speed that makes the, the relative time to the protons move around 6,900 times slower compared to human observers. In essence, the protons are being sent into the future. Right? The hurdles of time travel, the astronauts, subatomic particles, and all that being sent a fraction of a second to the future is all great. But really, the mission, of course, would be to transport humans through the fabrics of time. And, and not only time, because you don't just want to have the machine to be in the future, in the past, anywhere and any when. That's what you want. You want to go at any time and go anywhere. So especially plotting out uh, courses through space. So I would like to think if I had a time machine, it could also transport me up to Mars pretty easily or to Uranus very easily or to Pluto very easily or any kind of place. As long as I had the, the proper coordinates, there shouldn't be an issue. If you talk about quantum tunneling, it's, it's instant. And in quantum tunneling, you know, when they moved all these particles, uh, uh, you know, hundreds of miles apart, and these particles reacted together, you know, as they were still connected, they understand that there, there's, it's not about distance. It's not even about time, you know? So, basically, this is quantum tunneling, right? You have a pencil in your left hand, okay? You're holding the eraser. This pencil goes all the way throughout there through space, through the universe, other planets, all kinds of stuff, comes all the way back and then ends up in your right hand. You're still holding it with your left hand, but now you're holding it in your right hand also, and you have the point down where you can write. But yet at the same time, it's all through time and space, all at the same time. You should be able, aside from the pencil, if you had the machine, go to any of those places, right? So all you really need to do is have the coordinates of the other place on the earth that you want and be able to bow out the the tunnel and the further you bow it out the further it goes out into space and that's a good way of getting around man that's a good way una baleto on mars that's right so there's an immense gap between the concepts though of time travel and making it real right Forbidden history, grisly ghosts, monstrous cryptids, and harrowing folklore dominate Japan's history and culture. Mysterious Japan is a bi-weekly podcast presenting these spine-chilling horror stories, urban legends, and unbelievable histories in a campfire story format. Many of these tales have never been presented in English before. 
Our journey takes place where dark history and supernatural folklore collide. Mysterious Japan is produced, written and translated by recognized Japan expert Dr. Heath Avey. Season 1 relates the unbelievable legends and ghost stories from the so-called suicide forest. Listen to Mysterious Japan for free on Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Learn more at our website at themysteriousjapan.com and be transported by unbelievable stories where the lines between reality and folklore become blurred in the shadowlands of Japan. Once again, that's themysteriousjapan.com. Because we're still lump brain humans, you know what I mean? People still can't figure out how to get along with each other, let alone time travel, let alone anything like that. But yet, someone did figure it out, didn't they? And it's a, it's a, not something that's talked about in governmental circles anymore because it's such a long time ago. But uh, so anyway, let me get past all this. We're going to talk about one of my favorite people, Nikola Tesla. Nikola Tesla. So uh, let me see. Where do we start with this? All right. Let's talk about Nikola Tesla. When he died back in 1943, then, by the way, that was the same year as the Philadelphia experiment, where it was Nikola Tesla and it was Einstein who came up with a system that was supposed to take the Eldridge and, and you know, basically cloak it from other ships. They were, they were looking for a cloaking device to make it invisible. Instead, it, it disappeared and it went down to another place in Virginia, from Philadelphia to Virginia, and then materialized there for a short time, and then it took it disappeared from there and ended up back in Philadelphia with uh, apparently, reportedly, the, the sailors uh, embedded in the deck and all messed up, and a lot of them died. So at that time, when when they did this experiment with the Aldrich, uh, Tesla had passed away. You know, he was an elderly man. He was live, actually living in a hotel in New York City, and he had passed away. On his deathbed, he uh, was talking to, to John Trump, John G. Trump. So John G. Trump, yeah, that's Donald Trump's uncle, right? John G. Trump uh, was basically working in the government. He's a scientist, longtime scientist. He taught at MIT and did a whole bunch of stuff. So when Nikola Tesla died, they the FBI raided his files. They gave them all to John G. Trump to go through. And don't you know, he took a whole 48 hours to go through a life's work of Tesla, and then said there's nothing interesting in there, you don't have anything to worry about, and whatever, which you know is a huge lie, because Tesla had all kinds of stuff, secretive stuff, and you know, he invented plasmoid weapons, he sent the, this uh, ball of plasma from Long Island all the way to the North Pole, and it blew up uh, with more of a force than a nuclear bomb with no radiation, you know, I mean, this guy knew what he was doing when it came to all that. He uh, wanted to use, uh, you know, the electric in the atmosphere to move around cars and, and buses and planes and all that for free. Wanted to give people free electricity just by putting an antenna on their home so they can bring in the electric. So, you know, obviously he was a threat to industry, you know, people who wanted to make money off of you with, with power concerns and things like that. But uh, what a shame, right? Imagine the money to get it's freed up from all those things, from fossil fuels and all that. And, you know, I know that's a big debate now, especially since gas is so ridiculously expensive. But, you know, it, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's interesting to think 
about electric cars, but also the carbon footprint that they create with the batteries and all the lithium and what has, you know, these kids who work in these lithium mines and the conditions, they don't care about that. And I don't see that, that printed too many places. So, but anyway, this would have been a, a, a free, clean power for everybody. So anyway, so Tesla died January 9th, 1943, right? uh, basically broke in a New York City hotel, living out his life, you know. Uh, the FBI called uh, John G. Trump to determine any of the belongings and the investors estate, which included purported weapons of mass destruction. Tesla called the death ray, right, would be dangerous if they fell into enemy hands. I'll say one thing about Tesla that I know of studying him all my life and knowing about him. He doesn't lie. You know, if he says he has something, he has something. You know, uh, that was the guy. He was an amazing inventor, right? After a three-day investigation, Trump, in fact, uh, the late, uh, fact, the late Uncle Donald Trump, we know that already determined there was no risk at all, and it turned out that Tesla never actually made his death rays. What Trump said, right? You can believe a Trump, can't you? Can you? <laughs> Still, the mystery and exaggerated claims, along with the soaring success, uh, successes, and he had failures too, of course, with anything, you know, associated with Tesla. An eccentric Serbian American polymath futurist continue uh, to be played out today on a scale that only he could have imagined. Most of what we have electronically, uh, computer wise, uh, is basically Tesla. You know, I mean, really. <laughs> go go back through his inventions and all the stuff he came up with but it was always interesting I, when I read about Tesla and all the visions that he would have he would, was visited in his words when he had these these visions and it showed him what, what direction to go when he uh, you know detected AM FM frequencies and radio waves you know this is what, what uh, we have because of this guy right so all right, uh, let's see, let's get past all of this. All right, 80 years later, and uh, yet for those who, who've who believed in the man and his vision, maybe isn't so surprising. It's also the case uh, that Tesla, uh, brash and successful, and Nikola Tesla especially, uh, speculative and troubled uh, both. You know, I mean, he had a troubled life, you know, but... As soon as, you know, he was single, you know that, right? And I think that if he was married, he probably wouldn't have done, you know, even a tenth of what he did. He'd be doing other stuff, <laughs> living in hell, doing other stuff. I'll just have to say that. <laughs> Most of these guys were very successful when they were single, including Einstein, you know, and uh, they had time to work on what they needed to work on. That's really what it is. All right. So uh, let me see. And, of course, Elon Musk. I love Elon Musk, man. The guy is just so cool and out there and in your face and, you know, very real. And he, he says what's on his mind and people knock him for it. But good for him. Good for him, man. Okay. So Nikola Tesla, a visionary who, among countless other inve inventions and ideas, helped develop, commercialize uh, AC, alternating current, of course, electricity systems. Uh, Tesla was uh, tall, like a lot of smart people. I'm not saying anything about short people. Vladimir Putin is short, just to say that. Uh, let's see. He was very thin, vegetarian, who dined at Delmonico's restaurant nearly every night. Delmonico's, of course, is a steak joint. Uh, possessing and, uh, let's see, great memory. 
Tesla was prone to fantastic claims uh, that forever you know, tapped Wall Street, including J.P. Morgan himself, the vast sums of money in part because of his lavish spending. Tesla was, uh, let's see, in the movie, Tesla was played by David Bowie. That's cool. <laughs> David Bowie. Uh, okay. Let's get past all this. You know what? Because now it goes on to talk about Elon Musk, and that's cool, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about <clears throat> time travel. So on Tesla's deathbed, John Trump showed up. He was friends with him, you know. and uh, But I don't think he showed up for friendship. So on his deathbed, Tesla tells John G. Trump that he invented a time machine, and he built it, and it works. Right? And then he died, just like that. So there are six inventions that never got built by Tesla. We're going to talk about the time machine in a second, okay? His earthquake machine. Now, we're going to say it has never been built, but we're also going to say that the U.S. government came into, you know, we had all of his files in 1943. And you're talking about a lot of work, a lot of files with scientists like John G. Trump tearing through it. So, you know, of course, John G. Trump has a lot of patents. He himself, inventions and whatever. So he could easily take Tesla's work and go further with it if he was that kind of scientist, right? So Tesla's earthquake machine. In 1893, Tesla patented a steam-powered mechanical oscillator that would vibrate up and down at high speeds to generate electricity. Years after patenting this invention, he told reporters that one day, while attempting to tune his mechanical oscillator to the vibration of the building housing in his New York City laboratory, he caused the ground to shake during the test. Tesla continuously tuned, uh, turned up the power and heard crackling sounds. Suddenly, he recalled all of the heavy machinery in the place was flying around. Uh, he grabbed the hammer and broke the machine. The building would have been down uh, about uh, his, he said, the building would have been down around my ears in a few minutes. So police and ambulances arrived on the scene to attend to the commotion. But Tesla told this assistants to remain quiet and don't tell the police <laughs> don't tell them that I created an earthquake <laughs> so the USS Ronald Reagan is thought to have terrestrial weapons terrestrial weapons are weapons that can cause major cataclysms like earthquakes isn't that interesting so thought camera right Tesla believed it could be possible to photograph thoughts the inspiration came while he was doing experiments in 1893. Can you imagine 1893 and how far advanced this guy is? Causing earthquakes, <laughs> thought camera. Tesla told a newspaper reporter decades later, I became convinced that a definite image formed in thought must by uh, reflect action, produce a corresponding image in the retina, which might possibly be read by suitable apparatus. And you know what's funny? They now can do MRIs and they, they take pictures of people's brains and they compare them with thoughts of thereafter and whatever. And they say they can predict people's thoughts now. They can predict your thoughts, right? 
How about this? Wireless energy. We talked about that. Tesla secured $150,000 from financier JP Morgan to build a 185-foot-tall mushroom-shaped tower on the North Shore of Long Island. I remember that. Well, I wasn't there for it, but it was there for quite a while. Uh, and let's see. So basically, it's capable of transmitting messages, uh, telephony, and other images to ships at sea across the Atlantic Ocean by using the Earth to conduct the signals. As work began on the structure called uh, Wardenclyffe Tower, Tesla wanted to adapt it uh, to allow for wireless power delivery. Wireless power delivery, 1901. Tesla wanted uh, to adapt it, you know, to allow for wireless uh, power delivery, believing his experiments on radio microwaves that he could light up New York City by transmitting millions of volts of electricity through the air. Morgan, however, refused to give Tesla any additional funding for his grandiose scheme. Some speculate that uh, Morgan cut off funds once he realized Tesla's plan would have crippled other energy, uh, you know, his other energy holdings. So it was obviously a cash move. Tesla abandoned the project in 1906 before it could ever become operational. Right? The tower was dismantled uh, in 1917. And part of it remained for a long time, though. I think just till recently. Artificial tidal wave. The engineer and physicist believe uh, the power of science could be harnessed to prevent war. In 1907, the New York World reported uh, another Tesla's military interventions. Innovation was uh, his wireless tele, uh, telegraphy would trigger the detonations of high explosives at sea to generate tidal waves so vast that they would capsize entire enemy fleets. The newspaper reported that the artificial tidal wave would make navies as useless as the paper boats and uh, babies floating in bathtubs. There you go. I don't think you like babies in bathtubs. This guy had a lot of evil thoughts, man. You know what? I'm like that in heavy traffic, man. I And there was no bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic back then, so there's no reason for me thinking of this, man. <laughs> but you think of some crazy stuff in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic. I know you do. I know. Electric-powered supersonic airship. From the time Tesla was a boy, he had been fascinated with the idea of flight. Combining his knowledge of electric, electrical and mechanical engineering, he began to think more about aviation and the future of Wardenclyffe. In the article uh, in 1919 issue, the Reconstruction Magazine, Tesla discussed his work on developing a supersonic aircraft that would travel eight miles above the surface of the Earth, generate speeds allowing passengers to travel between New York City, London in three hours. New York City to London, three hours, man. Tesla's concept uh, called for the aircraft to be powered by electrically transmitted wirelessly uh, from the power plants on the ground, eliminating the need for aircraft to carry fuel. The power supply is virtually unlimited, and any number of power plants can be operated together, supplying energy to airships uh, just as trains running on the tracks are uh, now supplied. Pretty cool, man. And number six is Death Beam. The death beam. So Tesla's creative mind continued to spark new visions, even when his light, late, late in life on the 78th birthday. He blew out the candles and told New York Times that he had come up with his most important invention yet, one that would cause armies, uh, millions to drop dead in their tracks. The invention, a military weapon that would accelerate mercury 
mercury particles at 48 times the speed of sound inside a vacuum chamber and shoot a high-velocity beam through the free air, such as trem such tremendous energy that uh, it would bring down a fleet of 10,000 enemy airplanes at a distance of 250 miles. Although the press dubbed it a death beam, Tesla believed it's a, a peace beam. <laughs> it's a peace beam. It kills millions of people and it make, tears them into pieces. <laughs> peace. I think they spelled peace wrong. <laughs> he probably meant, you know, peace like pieces, like Reese's pieces. <laughs> it turns them, uh, you know, uh, into Reese's pieces. <laughs> That's all. You know, like the little bits, uh, M&M's, eh? <laughs> so, all right. So it's a Peace Beam. That's my new name. That's my new name, my new radio name, Peace Beam. Peace Beam, will you? I can't. Nah, I hate that. The P word, you know, peace. Makes you want to spit a little bit, spit on my computer. Peace. No, that's not good. All right, so it's like a peace beam that would foil attackers by airplanes and invading armies act like an invisible Chinese wall, only a million times more impenetrable. That's something we need, like, on the border, you know? <laughs> impenetrable wall, you know? I hear you knocking, but you can't come in type of thing. Tesla offered his particle beam weapon to numerous governments, including the United States, but only the only country to show interest was Soviet Union, of course which conducted a particle test in 1939. So I'll tell you this. We're going to end the show. Unfortunately, got so much more to talk about. <clears throat> when it comes to plasmoid weapons, I know that in, in the mid-90s, Russia approached us about sharing the technology because we had all the technology for plasmoids, and they had nothing, and we refused to share the technology with them, of course. You know, uh, but basically, a plasmoid weapon is a big ball of electricity that you can launch pretty much anywhere and have it blow up with, with unbelievable consequence, you know? And just uh, another one of those things. When you those EMP weapons, the electromagnetic pulse weapons, and they drop these, they have these missiles and they'll, they'll drop it on a communications place or whatever, and it shorts everything out, basically. EMP knocks out all the electric. So, that's kind of what, what that technology brought about. But, yeah, you know, there's a hell of a lot more. So when it comes to time travel, I feel like I barely even talked about time travel. We're talking about this, this other stuff. So do you think that John Trump built a machine? Or got because Tesla said he already had it built on his deathbed. He said that he built a time machine, and it's there, and, and he used it, and he went back in time. You know, this is what he told Trump on his deathbed. Do you think that that happened? And if, if was, you know, John G. Trump, obviously he didn't share the technology with anybody. If he shared it with the United States, we, you know, we don't know about it. We're not going to know about it. But do you think that you can travel to parallel uh, uh, timelines or go back in time or visit visit your future self to see what kind of slob you are? <laughs> you know what I mean? You think, you think your young kid self would appreciate your life now? Because <laughs> I think like, you know, Eight-year-old Michael Angley would be mad. <laughs> what have you done to yourself, man? <laughs> anyway, there's a lot more to talk about with time travel, and I think it's a fun subject. Um, 
you know, obviously we have nothing to compare it with because we don't really have access to those records or information. The only thing we can do is talk about the amount of time that passed from, from that 1943 deathbed confession all the way till now. Do, do you think that someone had invented this machine and used it and they don't want to talk about it? Do you think that uh, what they call aliens are really our futures, our future selves coming back? And uh, those are time machines and they're coming back and then doing whatever or trying to fix something. I don't know what they're trying to fix because there's a lot of messed up stuff out there. So either way, I got to go. I'll see you guys next week on the show. I love you all. Bye.